Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Growing Pains podcast. I'm your host, Allison LaRue. So happy you're here today. Um, if you're watching video version on YouTube and you're like, you're in a different spot, you would be correct. I'm like in the process of getting rid of all of my furniture, so my normal backdrop is gone. Oh my god, that was terrifying. <laughs> that noise that just came from my body, terrifying. Um, yeah, I'm moving. If you're like, Allison, didn't you just move? Yep, sure did. Um, but here we are moving again because I don't like Florida babes and I'm not gonna stay somewhere that I don't like. Anyway, today this was an episode that was requested by one of you guys and it is all about growing up with mentally unstable family members um and it will sort of blend into like growing up in a toxic family for me I do just want to say that like being mentally unstable and being toxic aren't always synonymous um so I did just want to say that but let's get right into it because I feel like this is something that isn't really talked about enough honestly I um remember when I was growing up and uh, like I was my family was just very mentally unstable I do like really want to talk about this topic because I will never forget how isolating and lonely it felt to be a kid growing up in a toxic household or toxic environment or have mentally unstable family members or parents and have to go to school the next day and pretend like everything was fine um and I guess for a while like in elementary and middle school I thought that was how everybody's family dynamics were like I thought everyone's family was just sort of fucked all of the time and that was just my normal um honestly up until like high school I would say but um it was such an isolating feeling because I would go back and forth between like oh this is normal and then I'd be like nobody is going through this because you'd go to school and everyone's fine or like you'd go to school I guess I felt such a such a um it was like very black and white for me of like it was normal for everyone but also like nobody went through that at all because nobody talked about it but also like so many other kids could have been going through what I was going through but how would I know because I also wasn't talking about it and like I remember when I was in my senior year of high school and I was talking to my friends and I in like in passing I mentioned a brief something about my family and they were like what the fuck Allison like I had no idea and I was like oh interesting like you know it was just one of those things where it's like you never really talk about it and that's when it sort of clicked for me of like this isn't a thing for everybody because they were like blown away by even one small fact about my family dynamic. I feel like I've just been rambling up until this point and I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't know. Anyways, so I just want to validate you in that feeling of loneliness and isolation, but also let you know like you are not alone in that at all. Even if like, yeah, at the end of the day, nobody experienced exactly what you did. But also, like, your own siblings didn't. You know what I mean? No sibling... Like, nobody has the same two parents. Even if you are identical twins, you don't have the same two parents. Because the way they parent you is different. And the way you experience your parents are different. The way you experience your family members are different. So even someone in your family didn't have the same experience you did. So, you know what I mean? Like, people can relate to you on some things, but nobody went through exactly what you did. So, give yourself that validation. 
I feel like at first, when I first heard that, that really scared me because I was like, so I really am alone in this? No. People can empathize with you and understand what you're going through and really relate to you, but also know, like, your experience is so special to you. Um, So I just want to validate you in, like, your feelings of loneliness and isolation, that's so valid, but you are not alone in that. A lot of people have went through very similar things and you'd be really surprised and that's sort of what I want to like start opening my platform about. I feel like I've been rather open about my mental health and things of that nature but like I've never really got into it and I don't know how much I want to get into but I I do want to start sharing. Um, So beyond that feeling I want to validate you and let you know you are so allowed to be angry. You are allowed to be angry at your parents and or like your family members whoever it is whether they were toxic or whether they were like you know what I mean you are allowed to be angry end of story even if they were mentally unstable you know even if they were struggling you are allowed to be angry at them because they their struggles resulted in you getting hurt and traumatized so you are allowed to be angry and also know that There are so many nuances to life in this topic, especially. You are allowed to be very angry at the people who hurt you while also still loving them. You don't have to hate them because they hurt you. You can, but you don't have to. I got so confused about this for a really long time, especially after I moved out and when a lot of, you know, my healing really started to happen because I... Even, like, when I was growing up, I had so much love for my family still, but I hated them at the same time. Like, I didn't know you could love someone and hate someone so much at the same time, but I did. Because I loved them. They're my family, and I want the best for them, but I hate them because they hurt me so much. Like, that is a very, very, very confusing feeling that even I talked to, like, some of my therapists about, and they didn't understand it. So, no, you're allowed to be angry. And you're valid in that. But also know you can love them at the same time. I feel like I'm not making sense this episode. <laughs> I have a whole notes. I, f- I have a whole notes thing out here. But I just feel like this episode is something that is so hard to put into words. Because I also feel like it's something that I'm still like conceptualizing almost. If that makes sense. So I just want to say I'm sorry if I'm not put together. Or like if I'm not making sense or whatever. I... I'm doing my best and I'm trying to make my points here, but if it's not coming together, I'm sorry about that. Um, But the next thing that I want to talk about is maturing young and having to grow up too young. That is something that like I feel like people don't address enough or realize how much that actually affects you because you're allowed to be angry at that. You deserved a childhood. You deserved people around you who made, who, you know, cultivated a safe environment for you to be a child. You deserve to experience being a child. It is not fair that you had to grow up so young. It is not fair that you had to raise yourself. It's not fair that you had to raise your parents or your siblings. You deserved a childhood and you didn't get that. And I'm really sorry about that. That isn't fair. You deserved that. End of story. There's no if, ands, or buts there. Yes, your parents were likely struggling a lot, and they were also likely doing their damn best, but I think it's important to recognize here, especially with this topic, that people can be doing their best, but you still deserved better. Your parents 
did their best. Even if they hurt you really bad, they did their best. But you deserved better. You deserved a better childhood. You did. That is not fair what happened to you. Also, a quick side note. This is very much based off of my experience. Obviously, as all of my episodes are. But I think this topic is very, once again, it's, it's very nuanced and everyone approaches healing and all of this very differently. The way that I have healed is not going to sit right with everybody and you don't have to do it that way, okay? I just want to say that because I am going to talk about forgiveness and I am going to talk about things that used to really trigger me a lot. So if it triggers you, just know that you don't have to do it this way. You can heal and you can move through this in whatever way that works for you. It does not have to be what I do. And also when I'm saying things like you, 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 I don't know you personally, right? I'm talking to me. I'm talking to the people who resonate with me. And if that's not you, that's okay. And you can resonate with me on other topics and not this one and that's okay. But I don't want anyone who's listening and hearing me say like, you need to forgive them take that as like you personally watching this need to forgive them. I'm talking to me, past versions of me, and people who heal similarly to me, okay? I just want to get that out of the way because I think it can be really triggering to hear someone say, you need to do this. I'm not talking to you specifically because that would not be fair of me to address everybody as a collective because everybody heals differently. Everybody, you know, is at different phases of their life. And also, I don't know you or your story. So I'm not talking to you directly. But if something I do say, if something I do say, that doesn't sound right. If something I say resonates with you, take it. And if it doesn't, leave it at the door. No hard feelings. This is all out of love and I'm simply sharing what helped me heal. But I am a person who says you a lot when I talk and I'm not talking to you specifically. So just keep that in mind. But you did deserve better and I am talking to you specifically. I don't have to know your story to know that you deserve better. I don't have to know that. And it's honestly sad to say that most people deserved a better childhood. It's true, but we don't always get what we deserve and that sucks. And that's something we have to come to terms with as adults is like, I deserve better and I didn't get what I want. I didn't get what I deserved. But that's the beautiful part, like inner child healing, you can give that to yourself now. This is one of the most beautiful parts of becoming an adult and starting my healing journey has been inner child healing, especially as someone who had a very traumatic childhood and did not get the childhood I deserved and was treated very unfairly, very poorly. I had a lot of really shitty things happen as a child and I was very traumatized. But as an adult now, I can reparent myself and give myself and give my inner child everything I deserved. It's not too late. You're, the little version of you does not have to stay that wounded version forever. You can heal that and you can give them what they deserve now. And that was beautiful because for me, that was taking away the power of everyone who traumatized me. That was one of the hardest things for me to come to was like, I hate things being out of my control when it comes to me, you know, like I've gotten very good at releasing control over external situations, but I hated that like you were able to affect me in that way. That pissed me off. I don't care what happens around me, but the fact that you were able to have such a effect on me that you hurt me and traumatized me and fucked me up for years, that's not okay with me because do whatever you want externally, but I don't like it when something happens to me that's out of my control. 
when something affects me that's out of my control. And over the years, I've learned that doesn't have to be the situation. I can control everything about me. Everything about how I'm feeling, I get to control. So I've worked really hard to get to a point where my feelings are in my control. And that's what inner child work has done for me is like, I get to take that power away from you. And I just had a situation like that recently with my father. And honestly, I might talk about it in this episode. I'm not sure yet. But I have taken away the power of everyone who has ever traumatized me. And it has been the most healing thing ever. And maybe I'll make a whole episode on inner child work. But some things that I did to really kickstart that journey. I guess I'll talk about it now. This is what inner child work was to me. Was just healing the parts of me that were so hurt by others realizing that that little version of me, little Allison, is still inside of me. She didn't just cease to exist when I turned eight. You know what I mean? Seven-year-old me still exists, even when I was eight and even when I'm almost 22. My younger version and your younger version will always be with you. If not, we wouldn't be traumatized, you know? Because I wasn't traumatized, like, 21-year-old me wasn't traumatized by my, my father, but seven-year-old me was and that's proof that your inner child is always with you because otherwise we wouldn't have any trauma right now in this moment me sitting right here if all of my past versions didn't exist me right here I'd have no trauma because look at what I'm doing I'm sitting in my apartment by myself not a problem in the world no trauma at all but that's not the case and that to me is all the proof I needed that all of our versions up until now they're still with us And you have to heal every single one of those. And that can be really intimidating to recognize, but also isn't that so beautiful to realize, wow, like there's so much room to grow. There's so much healing to do. Don't look at that as a task or a chore. Look at that as an opportunity to evolve and to feel better every day. Um, So with inner child work, here's some things that I recommend. And here's how I did inner child work to really heal all of these parts of myself and to forgive the people in my life. First and foremost, reconnect with her or them, or him, or whoever. Reconnect with your inner child. Don't make it a big, scary task yet. To me, um, as a child, I had a really hard time feeling safe, feeling protected, and in turn, trusting other people. So I had to build the trust of my inner child. I did a lot of inner child meditations, and if I remember, I'll link them in the description of this video or of this episode. I did a lot of inner child meditations where basically I would just meditate and I'd be walking through the woods and I would just like call my inner child and ask her to come forward and whatever version of me that needed the most attention would come forward. So sometimes it would be five-year-old me, sometimes it'd be 15-year-old me. Your inner teenager also needs attention. And I'd ask them to come forward and literally just like sit there and talk to them. Because like, remember, this is a part of your brain. This is a part of your consciousness. This does not have to be some spiritual woo-woo thing. Like, if you're a Christian, you can relate to this. Or if you're an atheist or whatever, like this this does not have to do anything with spirituality. Everyone deserves to heal regardless of their religion, lack thereof, whatever. You deserve to heal. And inner child work is inevitably a big part of healing. So even if you don't like to meditate, I'll get to that. But meditation for me was really big because I would, first of all, before I'd even meditate, get a lot of pictures of my inner child, like my younger self. I'd get a lot of pictures of her so I could like really see her, you know, and then in my meditation, it'd be easier to like visualize Um, and just like ask her to come forward. And 
like I wouldn't do anything crazy at first literally just like talking to her getting to know her asking how her day was being the person I always wanted when I was little like how are you feeling today I really like your shirt you know like not trying to be like tell me about your trauma kid what the fuck I don't know you you're a stranger first of all you know So I would do that like almost every night. I would really try to reconnect with my inner child. Even if I was like in line at a grocery store, sometimes I'm just like shutting my eyes like, how are you feeling? You know? And then whenever I would, you know, interact or experience a situation that triggered a younger part of me, I would connect with her in that moment and be like, it's okay. You're safe. Talk to your inner child and reparent them. Be the person your younger self always needed. And talk to them because they're inside of you, you know, like literally all of the time. So I really recommend these inner child meditations because after I'd say about a month of me consistently going to meet with my inner child, my younger self, she's like, I started to ask her like, what's something that's really bothering you? What's something that really hurt your feelings? What's something that really doesn't feel good to you? And she'd start to share and she as in me like I would start to uncover parts of myself or parts of my past that I was still holding on to and then after the meditation I knew what I needed to work on so I highly recommend inner child meditations another thing that I highly recommend is just doing things that your younger self loved to do I literally like especially when I was living back home in Pennsylvania Um, And I'll talk about like how to heal when you're still living at home. But this is one of the ways I always get people asking me, how do I heal when I'm still around the people who hurt me? This go inside, heal from the inside out, recognize that like you can separate yourself from your outer world, you know, lock yourself in your bedroom, go on walks, get out of the house, but just like go inwards. We'll do the outward healing and we'll heal from this current situation later, but like you can heal from those things in the past right now. And that's what I was doing when I was still living at home. I wasn't trying to heal from what was currently in front of me. I was trying to heal what was happening years ago, you know, because even if like I was still living around when I was living in Pennsylvania, I was living with my mom and my sister, which are two of the biggest people who traumatized me in my life. And I was still being traumatized up until I left that house a year, not even a year ago, back in June. I was still being traumatized on a daily basis from them because they are still mentally unstable and they still have things to work through. I love them to death and they've grown a lot, but they still have things to work through. So even in that moment, I was still being traumatized, but I wasn't focused on that. I was working on healing seven-year-old me who was hurt by my mother. And yeah, it was difficult and I can't lie, it got a lot easier once I left that house, but I did so much healing and I'm glad I started when I was there. I feel like people leave a lot of the healing until once they leave, but you don't have to do that. You can work on things from the past while you're still, while you're still there, you know, because while that younger version of you isn't present here, like you're not existing as her right now, same with them, you know, the version of my mom that traumatized me doesn't exist anymore. She still might have some of those same issues and some of those same habits and behaviors and whatever, but that's not her in this moment. That version of her is still inside of her that she needs to heal, but you get what I'm saying. Like, while my younger self is still inside of me, I am not my younger self at all. So I was really working on that. And some of the things that I would do, and I forgot a lot of the things that I loved, but I would literally, when I was in my meditations, ask my younger self, like, what do you like to do? And she would say, I love to make potions. And I completely forgot that's something I love to do. When I was little, and this is like 
very much growing up in Pennsylvania shit. Um, I didn't have much technology, so I would just, like, especially in the summer, my grandparents were like, go outside, come back in when it's time for dinner, sort of a thing, you know? Um, and I would go outside, and I'd make mud pies, and I'd play hide-and-seek, and I'd climb trees, and I would love to, like, my mamma would give me Tupperware bowls and wooden spoons, or, like, a metal pot and wooden spoons, and I'd go and pick flowers and pick grass and get some mulch and pour the hose water in it and I'd make potions and pretend I was a fairy. I did that at 20 years old before I moved out of my house. I'd go outside, take a metal pot, a wooden spoon, and I'd make potions because that's what my younger child, my younger self loved to do. I was reparenting her and like letting her exist through me in a safe environment now, you know? I was playing the games. I, I literally played Pixie Hollow probably a month ago. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's an online Tinkerbell game. Like, I loved to do that when I was little, so I'm going to do it now. I loved to paint. I loved to go on walks. I loved to sing and dance, and I do all of those things now. Live like your inner child, you know? Do things that she would have loved to do. Reconnect to those things, because that doesn't just disappear, you know? So I highly, highly, highly recommend that. I wasn't planning on talking about inner child healing this episode, but I think it's necessary because... It is such an important topic to talk about. Like, how can I heal if I'm still living around the people who traumatize me? Don't focus on healing what's happening right now. That is something you'll have to focus on down the line because it's too fresh. Give yourself space, you know? Give yourself space. Um, and it, like I said, it's so possible to heal while you're still living around them, but so much healing does happen when you leave. And that's not something I was expecting. Like, I, for probably three years before I moved out, was really dedicated to healing and all of those things. And I did so much healing, don't get me wrong, but like so much of my healing happened when I left. And I, like I said, I thought like I had pretty much healed everything. And then I left and it all hit me and I was like, ooh, baby, here's another layer sort of a thing. And let yourself feel all of these layers, you know? You might have moments where you've healed a lot and you're like, okay. Like, I'm at a space where I, I forgive my parents and I want to have a relationship with them right now. And then maybe you move out or maybe you uncover something else or maybe you remember something or maybe whatever happens and that changes and you don't forgive them right now. That's okay. That is okay. This healing shit takes time. It comes in layers because as you grow and as you learn more, you're going to learn more things about yourself and you're going to learn more ways that they affected you and this trauma affected you and you're going to remember more things and all of those things are an opportunity to heal even deeper. The three years that I was living at home was just like the first couple of layers. I moved out, a lot of other layers were uncovered. When I left my house, I was at a place where I wanted a relationship with my family. When I was in Boston, I didn't want to speak to them at all. I was truly like, I'm cutting all of you off. When I got to, when I went back home to visit them, I was like, I'm okay now. I've, I've healed, I've healed a lot. I'm okay now. Now I'm at a point where I get excited to go back home to Pennsylvania. I'm going back in a week to stay there for a little bit before I move up to Boston. And I'm so excited because I've forgiven them so much. And that's the next part of like living with mentally unstable people or even just like having family members who are mentally unstable or whatever is recognizing that you cannot change them and even if you could that's not your responsibility it's not your purpose on this planet is not to be your the therapist for your unhealed family members 
or for your mentally unstable family members. Your purpose on this earth is not to make their life better. It's to live your life. You know, even if you learn a lot of things along the way that would really benefit them, it's still not your responsibility. And that was something I had to learn the hard way because I got really deep into spirituality and healing and all these things. And like, it was such a new world to me. Like, I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, I can be better. I can like, I don't have to feel this way forever. And I wanted to share it with everyone in my family so badly, but they just weren't open to receiving that at all. And it took me a really long time to recognize that, like, it's not my responsibility to help them at all, especially as someone who grew up, like, raising my parents and raising my sister, who was 11 years older than me, and, like, being the mediator and being the glue of the family, like, I placed that title onto myself and I placed that responsibility onto myself that it was my responsibility to care for them. My therapist kept asking me that, like, who told you you have to do this? Even if your parents tell you you have to do this, you have to take care of this person, you have to, you know, take care of your niece, who made it your responsibility besides you? You know, like, as adults, we have a choice. We have a choice, and it's really hard. That was one of the hardest lessons for me to ever learn was that my family's mental health and my family in general is not my responsibility that was hard as someone who grew up constantly trying to fix them because another thing is like some of the changes that we want people to make they are not capable of that was hard I would constantly be like sending books to my sister or like telling my mom things I learned and like expecting it to blow their mind and then be like that's it I want to heal. Like, that's it. I want to be better. And all I would get met with is like, oh, yeah. Or like, oh, you think you're better than me? Like, it never got received the way I wanted it to because they were not capable of receiving it the way that I wanted them to. They weren't capable of receiving it at all. And you cannot make someone understand you. You, like, you can't. Some people are incapable of understanding you. And beyond that, some people are committed to misunderstanding you. There's nothing you can do to change either of those things. And also, it's not your responsibility. A book that really helped me is called The Mastery of Love by Dom Miguel Ruiz. And in that book, he basically stated, like, thinking that you need to change people is a disservice to yourself, but also to them. Because that might not be what they're meant to become. What we think is the best for someone might not be actually what's best for them. It's what's best for us for them, you know? My mom healing and becoming this person that I wanted her to be might not be who she's meant to be, and that might not be what's best for her. It would be best for the version she is to me, you know? That would be what's best for me, in my mind at least. But stop putting that onto other people. Stop viewing people as their potential and start loving people for where they are now. Love people for where, who they Let me rephrase that. Love people where they are now or leave people where they are now. But you are really doing them a disservice for loving this idea in their head, idea in your head of who they could be. That's not fair. Imagine if someone only stayed with you for years because they loved the idea that they created in their head of who you might be one day. That's not fair at all and it's hard to admit but your family who really hurt you they are just people who are doing their best 
It's really hard to admit that. Think about all the people that you've hurt in your life. And there might be people that we've hurt that we don't even know we hurt. But I guarantee you, if you're sitting there telling yourself right now, I haven't hurt anybody, that's not true. You have. It's a part of life. We get hurt and we hurt people. It is a part of life and it's a part of growing as well. If we didn't make mistakes and we didn't hurt people, we would not have learned and we would not have grown. And it's really shitty to admit that a part of other people's journey of life is to hurt us and to learn from it or to hurt us and not learn from it. Then that's the case. But also you have to admit that being hurt was a part of your journey. You know? And once again, like when I say you, I'm talking to myself because that's a triggering statement that I don't want to put on to anybody. But for me personally, I had to have all those things happen to me. I had to. And maybe that's a coping mechanism. Maybe it is. And if so, who cares? Because it's really helped me deal with it. You know? But I truly believe I had to go through all the things that I went to to become a I had to go through all the things that I went through to become the person that I am today and to be able to share these things with you because everything that I went through has shaped me as a person. Actually, I don't even want to say that. The way that I chose to deal with the things that I went through shaped me as a person. I don't want to give those like literally tragic events that power because the the events that happened to me aren't what shaped me. The way that I chose to react to and respond to, and grow from the events that happened to me, that's what shaped me as a person. I just came to a revelation. So, anyways, where was I at? Um, I went all over the place, and I wasn't even really paying attention to my notes, but something important to recognize is how it affected you, how it is still affecting you, And sit down and journal about this because there are a lot of events that I thought I'd heal from and this is how I would heal. So many people are like, do the work, heal. How the fuck do you heal? Is it just me? I had no idea what that meant. Heal from things. Great. What do you mean, dude? Here's how I healed from things and here's how I, still from this day, when there's something that's like really clearly affecting me, this is how I choose to go about situations. First and foremost, if you're like at the beginning of the he- if you're at the beginning of your healing journey, this is what I recommend. Get a ju- get get a journal. <laughs> get a journal, a new journal. And write down a timeline of your life and write down as much as you can remember. All of the events that you can remember, like write down the big events of your life, transformational events, good and bad, write it down. From there, um take the traumatic events that you remembered and start working on those because These are the big ones that we need to work on Um, and start, you know, journaling about each event, asking yourself, how did this affect me? How is it still affecting me? What emotions do I still feel about this? And just journal or talk out loud into your voice notes. Pull up a list of emotions off of Google and like literally look at all of the emotions because I think when people think of emotions, it's like sad, mad, like all these things, but it's literally like devastated, abandoned, isolated, fearful, anxious, worried, you know, like there are billions of emotions. Pull up a list that way you can write down, like not only write about how did this affect me? How is it still affecting me? What emotions do I still feel about this event? Write it down. Do that for the main events in your life and for anything that you feel like is still affecting you. And then write down a list of people who you feel like 
you still have some sort of animosity towards or grudge towards, like, write down the people who hurt you. And then write a letter to them telling them every single thing you want to tell them. Get it off your chest. You don't have to send it to them. You can if you want. Get it off your chest. And then if we want to take it to the next level of forgiveness, which you don't have to do this yet. Allow yourself to process it. But I do recommend forgiving them. And this was really hard for me to hear. And I only was able to do this now. And it's been about four years since starting my healing journey. Um, because I've always known forgiveness was important. Holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot coal and expecting it to burn the other person. It's only affecting you. The other people who hurt you, they're not affected by your anger towards them. It is literally burning a hole in you. And I thought I really healed from the situation that happened with my dad. Um, but something happened over the summer where it really triggered me and I had a panic attack and I realized I have not recovered from this and I have to let it go. And I've been working really hard on letting, you know, the father wounds go and all of these things go. And recently, um, right before the new year, I meditate every night to go to sleep and I would meditate. And in my meditation, I'd be hiking and there'd be rocks in my pocket or my backpack and I'd be emptying them out and throwing them into this river. And they were just like father wounds. But those were the rocks, father wounds. And after like the third night in a row of me throwing these damn rocks out, I was like, stay out of my pockets and my backpack. I'm done with these rocks. And when I said that, I heard like a, my intuition essentially say like, then reach out to him. Prove it. Reach out to him. You're over it. Prove it. And so I did. I reached out to him. I hadn't talked to my father in a year and a half because I, this is another example of like healing comes in layers. A year and a half ago, I thought I wanted nothing to do with him and I never wanted to speak to him again. And a couple of weeks ago, I realized I don't want a relationship with him, but in order to continue to heal, I have to reach out to him and show you don't have power over me anymore. I'm not afraid of you, whatever. And that was a level of forgiveness for me, you know, like I've forgiven him fully just now for all the things he did to me. Did he deserve it? No. A lot of the times the people we're forgiving don't deserve forgiveness, but you deserve to let it go. Absolutely. An episode of On Purpose with Jay Shetty, it was with Dr. Gaber Mate. That's not how you say his name. Guaranteed. Gabor Mate. I don't know his name. Um, and I wish I did. But it was all on trauma and forgiveness. And he talked about how a lady who either her parents or her grandparents were killed in a concentration camp and she went back to Hitler's birthplace or hometown to forgive him. That was deep for me and that hit me hard because I was like, obviously Hitler, shit guy. Hot take, Hitler's a bad person. <laughs> but like, he doesn't deserve forgiveness, but she could not hold on to that any longer. We don't realize how much the grudges we hold against other people hold us back. And that's why you need to forgive people. Because it holds you back, babe. It really does. And once again, I say you need to forgive people. If you're not there yet and you never want to be there, that's okay. I'm talking to the past version of myself. Because I was also there where I was like, I don't want to ever... You Fuck you. I'm not forgiving you. And that's fine. You can feel that way forever if you want to. But for me personally, it was necessary. Um, so yeah, write a letter of like all the things that they did, like all the things you want to tell them and then write a letter like, I forgive you for this. I forgive you for all of these things. That was really important for me. Um, 
and just starting to like be so aware of yourself and like question things about yourself of like why am I the way I am why do I have this pattern why do I behave this way what is this trait where does this habit come from is this a cycle that appears in my family face these cycles face like me personally it's a lot of women in my family that have these same toxic traits and toxic cycles and I decided to break them recognizing like how does this affect my relationships how do I carry my traumas into relationships because that's important this is why other people hurt us is because they don't address their traumas Nobody, there's like not a lot of people in this world who just want to hurt people for fun. A majority of the time, it's hurt people hurting other people. It's traumatized people traumatizing other people. So face your trauma so you don't traumatize someone else. And that is at you. That is to everybody listening. Because if everyone chose to walk through this life not addressing their traumas, this world would be so fucked up. And that's partly of why this world is so fucked up. You have to address your traumas so you don't traumatize other people. Truly. Um, Something that, like, was really hard for me was seeing their potential of, like, who I thought my mother could be. And just, like, that not being her. Like, walking into, like, the school day where it's, like, bring your parent or, like, bring your parent to school day or something and just like seeing everyone's parents and their relationship with them and just being like yep ouch you know even now on tiktok i see the trends of like it's the beautiful 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 boy that trend about dads i'm just like fuck and like validate yourself and everything that you feel because i'm so happy that people have great dads but i resent them for it absolutely i do I hate you for that. (laughs) Obviously, I don't hate them, but I resent them a lot. And I used to be really ashamed to admit that, but, like, I'm so happy for you because you deserved a good dad, but I really resent you for it because I didn't have that. And that's okay. I'm done invalidating myself on my very valid feelings, you know? I'm done being ashamed of my very valid feelings. I deserved a good dad, and I didn't get one, so I'm going to be mad at you for having one. I'm happy for you, and I would never treat you badly because you have a good dad, but internally I have a lot to work through surrounding that, you know? Even though I've forgiven him, that doesn't change the fact that for younger me, I deserved a good dad. I did. I deserved a dad who wanted to take me and teach me how to skateboard and teach me how to drive. Like, my grandparents taught me how to drive, you know? My first car was my grandfather's. Like, love him to death for that, and he will always be my dad in my eyes, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, he was my grandfather, you know? It's just a thing of, like, balance. Life is not black and white. Let yourself feel the things you feel and don't be ashamed of them. I used to be so so ashamed of resenting people for having the family dynamic that I wanted. Don't be ashamed for your very valid feelings. Let yourself feel them. That's one of the most important steps to healing. Um, I don't know if I'm even, like, answering this person's advice it was just I guess growing up with mentally unstable family members this is more so on like how I healed from it um I do just want to say you don't have to hold a grudge forever I know I've talked about forgiveness but like you don't have to hold a grudge forever you can if you want to but you are allowed to forgive the people that hurt you and that doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook that doesn't mean what they did was okay that means you recognize that you don't want to carry this with you anymore You don't have to have a relationship with them if you don't want to. You can cut them off for the rest of your life if you want to. 
that's completely okay. You are allowed to do whatever you need to do. Um, but recognizing that, like, they are humans just doing their best, even if their best was not your best, even if their best was not up to your standards, and even if their best was, you know, not what you deserve better. But they were doing their best. Being a human is fucking hard. Being a human is really hard. Everyone's doing their best, and it's inevitable we're going to hurt people along the way. Um, and, you know, if you're thinking, like, I would never do that to someone... That just shows that their best is not the same as your best, you know? And also, I think it's really important to remember that we don't know our parents. We don't. What really helped me forgive my my parents was learning things about them. Like, oh my god. <laughs> you are really fucked up. You're really fucked up, and I'm sorry you had all those things happen to you. And that motivated me to forgive them and motivated me to heal so that I didn't repeat the cycle and that I didn't turn into them and that I didn't hurt people in the way they hurt me. This work is so important to do, and if I ever have children, I'm making sure I get all of this out of the way first because I refuse to traumatize my children in the way that my parents traumatized me. I refuse. Break the cycle. That's the least we can do. Break the cycle. Also remember that people change. The version of your parents that hurt you the most probably don't exist anymore. People change. Let them change and let them grow, but also know that you don't have to be around to see them change. If you choose to, amazing. If you don't, amazing. But we're not going to judge other people for their decisions. I was so afraid to reach out to my dad because I was, like, ashamed. I didn't want people in my life to... It was already hard enough to get people to believe me what happened with my dad. And I was like, I shouldn't be reaching out to him. I should never want to speak to him again. And part of me still does never want to speak to him again. I don't want a relationship with him. I'll never tell him I love you. But that's what I need to do to heal. Don't judge other people for doing what they need to do to heal. Because at the end of the day, you won't get it. You weren't them and you didn't live their experience. Don't judge other people for how they choose to heal. I won't judge you. You won't judge me. Don't do it other to people. Don't do it to other people. And if someone does judge you, fuck them. Absolutely fuck them because they don't get it. I hope this answered some of your questions or like made you feel validated in growing up with mentally unstable parents. If you want, I can do an episode where I talk more about my experience. I just feel like, I don't know, I think that's something I need to get out of my head is like these podcasts, I always just need to be providing information, 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 but like the podcasts that I love the most are when people talk about their personal experiences, so maybe I'll do an episode on that if that's something you want. If there's something else you want me to touch on with this topic, let me know, but I just wanted to validate you in some of the like ways that like it's so isolating and you're allowed to be angry and your inner child is probably still really hurt and really scared and just validate them in that. Like the biggest thing for me is feeling unsafe. So I, that's like my biggest affirmation to myself is I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm protected. I'm safe. And just reminding your inner child that you got her. You got her. Thank you for taking care of me for so long, but I got it from here, babe. Thank you. Or you got them. 
But I'm going to end this episode. I'm not going to do advice right now because this was answering one of the advice submissions. If you want advice or if you want possibly a whole whole episode addressing your topics or questions you submitted, um, click the link in the bio. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave a rating, leave a review, and go subscribe to the YouTube, Allison LaRue. If you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications. Either way, go follow my Instagram at the Allison LaRue. Same on TikTok. I love ya. My throat's hurting. I'm batching up a lot of episodes so that way you guys have episodes for when I'm moving. Um, but maybe next one, I'm going to try to record one more in this apartment. And then maybe the next one will be in my grandmama's house. Maybe I do an episode with my mama. That could be fun. But I'm going to go. I love you, friends. Thank you for always hanging out with me. Um... Your inner child deserves, you deserve everything you've ever wanted. Please just know that. And um, please take care of yourself. And as always, you know what I'm going to say here. This has kind of become my outro. I didn't think it was going to be my outro, but it's my favorite quote ever. You deserve healthy love. I love you, friends. Bye.